Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Story Collective. Untold stories by unheard voices. Keystroke Per Minute. A limited series podcast about the woman in the New Zealand public service typing pools from 1945 to the present day. Hi, my welcome to Episode 2, The Role of Education, Part 2. In this episode, the researchers hear from interviewees about the perception from parents, teachers and principals that typing in shorthand were subjects better suited to less academic girls. For some, this corralling into the commercial classes worked out well as they went on into the workforce and thoroughly enjoyed their craft. But for others, it meant a lifelong sorrow at losing the opportunity to reach their academic potential. One interviewee, Yvonne, makes a great point about what was different for her generation in the 1970s and how education leaders, reflected by wider society, viewed young women's potential. And, you know, I think girls were just, you're a typist, or, you know, if you had a bit more brains, you'd probably be a nurse. Or a teacher. Or a teacher, yeah. And that was it for a girl. Presented here are some of the stories of discrimination and struggles with bias that girls and young women had to overcome to gain an education. With perseverance, some women managed to return to study in later years, often whilst juggling family responsibilities and other jobs. Robin attended secondary school in the mid-80s, and although there was a greater range of subjects available in this era, Robin was encouraged to take typing instead of a language. Here she starts by talking about which subjects she preferred. And a note for listeners, you will hear Robin's cat participating throughout this clip. And um, I loved history as well, so I ended up doing history. And then um, I did biology, because I liked the thought of doing biology, but um, wasn't very good at it. (laughs) And and typing. When I I went to high school, I... um, went into the typing class and, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a story around actually how that subject got chosen because I didn't realise until about my second year into high school that people or girls, because I went to an all girls school, who took typing were not considered to be intelligent. I wanted to take a, a language, I wanted to do German or French, Latin or Maori which was being offered and my mother was told that I would be <clears throat> better off doing typing. Didn't take me long to work out, though, that if you were taking time typing, you were considered to be in the lower um, mm-hmm. educational um, brightnesses, if you want to call it, which kind of um, kind kind of disturbed me in in a, in a way because um, I thought I was a regionally reasonably intelligent person, and to be told that. I wasn't intelligent enough to take a subject and I'd be better off taking typing. Um, that's, that's a bit disappointed with that. So did you do shorthand as well? No, shorthand wasn't offered at our school. Um, I, think in, I think then if you, needed to, if you wanted to do shorthand, you had to go to polytech. But anyway, um, I went into, went, ended up taking typing and absolutely loved it. Loved typing. I, felt, I literally fell in love with the typewriter. Yvonne found that she had an aptitude for typing, but struggled with learning shorthand at secondary school in the 1970s. Whilst attending Polytech, it was recommended she learn audio typing, which is also known as dictaphone typing, 
as this was steadily taking over from shorthand in the workplace. And so my high school years were spent at Dannyville High School. And I always wanted to be a librarian. I loved reading, and I think that was the only reason I wanted to be a librarian was because I loved reading. I thought I could do that as a job. That would be great. Um, but my English wasn't so great. Like, even though I loved reading, my English wasn't so good. But then worked out, I enjoyed typing. So we did typing, I think, in fourth form and got really good marks and could do it quite fast. And teacher said, oh, this is possibly a job path for you to be a typist. Um, and, you know, you've got the, I don't know, like the academic brains to be a typist. So she told me or something like that. I went, oh, okay, yep, and learnt on a manual typewriter with the, the cover over and being smacked on the hand when you cheated and looked underneath the keyboard. So became a very good touch typist. And I think I and did my Pitmans and all those typing exams that you did. Then I did School C, so I ended up getting School C in what was then commercial practice. Um, I did learn shorthand, but wasn't so great at shorthand because I wasn't good at spelling for some reason. So did shorthand, but did really well in typing and geography for some weird reason. Um, and just missed out on English. Like I think I got 49 on English. So just could not get over that 50, which was very frustrating. And so um, we then looked at well, what I could do next. In what in, years were you at secondary school? And how long? So I only got to fifth form. Yep. So it was probably, so 74 to 76 would have been high school. We looked at, we endured typing schools, not typing schools, but I think of the Palms North Poly Technical Institute, so it's Palms North Technical Institute. So uh, we enrolled into that, and I'm going, we, because mum and dad did everything with me, like it wasn't as if you did it by yourself. So enrolled in that and ended up doing, so what was it called, audio typing? So my shorthand wasn't great, so they said don't do shorthand, go into audio typing, that's the next big thing in offices is audio typing. So I did that um, and did very well in that and, and thoroughly enjoyed my one year um, at Palmerston Polytech and like did subjects like again commercial practice, business studies, um, English again and lots of typing, lots and lots of typing, but learning it from an admin, so you do business letters and learning how to do the letters. So I decided to reset typing again as school C because I got better marks and ended up getting like a, a B something for that in typing and did TCB 1 and 2. So I did those and got really good marks and those. So I had really good qualifications to move into an office. Alison took commercial practice subjects whilst at high school, achieving her TCB, or Trade Certification Board, qualifications before attending Polytech, where she did a secretarial diploma. Um, and then going on to Pukekohe High, where I went through to Form 6, um, which is what, Year 12 nowadays. Okay. Um, and then I actually went to Manukau Tech at the Otara campus, mm -hmm. um, then and did a secretarial diploma. Go back, just go back a few steps to school. School? What subjects did you take at school? Oh, um, at secondary school. Secondary school, um, I took English because we had to, maths, science until I could drop it because I hated it, um, typing, and shorthand. And why did you take the commercial classes? 
I actually really, that's all I wanted to do was work in an office. I really enjoyed the typing and shorthand. By fifth form, we could pick which subjects we wanted to do, and that's when I focused more on the typing and the shorthand. I did typing all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, from uh, yeah, I've got yes. school cert and TCB. Yes, typing. oh, you sat that at school. Yes. Oh, great. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I've got yep. TCB, A, B, and C, and one and two for shorthand. Okay. Alison talks to Judith about the type of shorthand she learned which is a good reminder to let listeners know they can see examples of the different methods of shorthand by following the links in the show notes or visiting our website, storycollective.nz. So we did T-line shorthand, oh, which yes. was relatively new. Mm, the Pitmans was the first, wasn't it? Yeah, followed I it. didn't learn Pitmans. We learnt T-line. That was um, just new in our school mm. at the time. So I took yes. that for a year, I think. I think, I think I only took it for my sixth form year, if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Yes. Absolutely loved it. And then when I went on to te- to do my secretarial diploma, um, T-Line was the, was the system that was mm. part of my course. And because I'd already learned it at school, they mm. couldn't really teach me anything else. There was me and another girl, and they couldn't teach us anything else. So we ended up tutoring... The ones that were struggling with it because there wasn't anything else they could teach us apart from... You're already proficient. Yeah. What sort of speed would you have had? Oh, I got top speed in my year. Um, 120. I've got certificates for 120 words per minute. Crikey. Can't do it now. (laughs) That's very, very good. Mm. Valerie was born into a large farming family in rural Southland. She explains how this geography had an impact on her choice of subjects at secondary school. I was born in Winton in Southland. I'm the oldest of eight children, but we were very, very spread out. So probably only five of us actually lived together at the same time. My youngest brother and sister are 20 and 21 years younger than me. So it was a very spread out family. Uh, My father was quite ambitious. He had a very small farm in Southland but he kept shifting around so that he had enough money in the end to buy a bigger farm. So I actually went to seven schools, which I don't think was the best thing really. I went to five primary schools, and then I went to intermediate for two years in Invercargill, and then I went to the Southland Technical College. I would have preferred to go to the girls' high school, which dealt with more academic and professional subjects, but because I had to catch a passenger bus into town every day, it meant that I missed the first period of school. And if I'd gone to the girls' high school, I would have missed even more school because it was further away. The technical college didn't have a very wide range of subjects, It had a domestic course, cooking, economics, that type of thing, running a house, and it had a commercial course, which is what I went to. And so we had the usual core subjects plus shorthand and typing. I did quite well with the shorthand. I wasn't so good with the typing because I didn't have a typewriter at home. It would have been unusual to do so, and because I often missed the typing period 
through missing the first period of, at school. So I did go on and sit school certificate, which was a wee bit unusual at that school. Uh, you had to pass, uh, completely pass four subjects. And I think most people sat five so that they would have a fail subject, as it were. So I passed three, but shorthand and typing were divided. And each of them was half a subject. And I passed the shorthand, but I didn't pass the typing. So that whole subject was failed. So I didn't get school certificate, which I felt was quite unfair, really. Anyway, it wasn't hard to get jobs then. And one day at school, somebody announced there are three jobs going in different government offices for three shorthand typists. Does anyone want to go? So two of my friends and I said, yes, we'll go. So we walked down the street together and we stood on the corner and said, well, which ones will we go to? We divided up and I went to the state insurance. I had an interview there and I did get the job. Sandra did well in shorthand and typing at high school in the late 1970s and early 80s, obtaining TCB qualifications before leaving school at age 17. By this era, it had become common for young women to have at least three to four years of secondary education, unlike the 1960s cohort, who often left after just two years. Okay, so when I hit secondary school, my interests were in the secretarial type subjects. I don't really know why. I guess I, I had an interest in, in learning how to type. I had an interest in, 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 you know, how do I do shorthand? And I could see that those were things that would help me if I was looking to get employment. Because at that time, there were a lot of jobs um, out there for uh, shorthand typists and the like. So what yeah. year were you born? So I was born 1965. Right. Yeah. 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 So that would have been like the, um, was it the early, late 70s, early 80s, roughly, when I was at high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, you know, I was one of these people that did really well in those subjects. I was generally in that top three. Um, for any of the sort of shorthand or typing, yep. you know, the, the old TCB exams that they used to have. Yes. So I was generally always in that kind of top three in the, in the city year. Um, we had a really good um, shorthand um, typing teacher. She um, was an Irish lady, yeah, and she was, she was really good. So I think that made a difference as well, if, if you had a good teacher and you enjoyed um, being in their class. My stepdad was a, was a drover. Um, but when you talk about parental support, he was always supportive, but he always wanted, you know, me to make sure I had really good grades in English. And I always just scraped through. So that was always, you know, like when you talk about your mother, that was always my little thing. You know, I always felt like I didn't ever quite, wasn't ever quite good enough because, you know, I was only ever just sort of, or I'd either just miss out, which I did the first time around with English school C English. I think I got like 47%. And so I still went on to the sixth form year, and I think I did it in the sixth form year. Yeah, I managed to get into the sixth form by the the score that I had, total score. But I had, what I did with the English was they just decided that because I was so close, the recommendation was that I'd just carry on and do sixth form English. I did UE English and got, and passed. Good. Um, I think I got like 54% or something. It was, you know, but it was a pass. Yeah. So you, you had... 
four years at secondary school? Yeah, four years secondary. So I was about 17 when I left um, Warrell College. And what what exams did you had you actually passed? You talked about TCB and school cert and sixth form. Yeah, so and we, UE, and I think it was in two subjects, I think, English and one other. I can't remember what the other one was. And then I decided that I wanted to um, come to Gisborne and do a secretarial course here at what was the Torrefitty Polytechnic yep. at then. So I signed up for the secretarial course. I can't remember how many weeks it was, but it was a big chunk of the year. And I managed to get bored with some uh, with a family here in Gisborne. Um, so before I did that, I went and worked at the social welfare. Um, I had a holiday job there in the social welfare, just Perfect. doing yeah, just doing sort of shorthand typing. Um, so that was over the holiday period before I actually started at the um, Polytechnic. So that was really good too. Maureen tells us about her early years, living on the family farm, before she joined the New Zealand Air Force straight after high school, something she'd wanted to do since she was seven years old. I was born on the 16th of June 1941 in Tipuki. Initially brought up in Manututu Road, which was halfway between Tipuki and Rotorua, so a bit out in the Wap Waps. Then we shifted down to Pukahina, um, where Dad broke in, it was all marshland, and Dad broke in the land and they grew acres and acres of peas and set up a small pea factory, frozen food pea factory. Factory, um, and I left high school in second year fifth because I wanted to get my shorthand typing qualifications. Left school and I joined the Air Force, which I'd right. wanted to do since I was about seven. And so, when you went to secondary school, did you have a choice of what topics you would study? That's a bit of a hard question. I took up shorthand typing. Now, I can't recall whether we were more or less told what we were going to do, which I think was probably the case in those days, because you had the secretarial side of life, and then you had the general, which was what one of my sisters did. Um, That was more for the brainier people. I've heard that comment made so often. And that starts your thinking right from that stage that you're not quite bright enough to do the other. Yes, yes. And you you do shorthand. Yes, I did. I don't now. But you learned it. Oh, I learned it. It's another language. Well, even typing's another skill, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, So you you did your secondary schooling. You did shorthand. You did typing. Do you have any memory of what other top? Subjects you took? English, social... Studies? Social studies, that's what it was. Geography. And so you, did you do school certificate? No. I, all I wanted to do was, because I wanted to join the Air Force, I needed some shorthand typing qualifications, and so I concentrated on all those ones that I could get starting off from junior, intermediate, into senior level, um, so that I could join the Air Force. So were you, were you doing public sector 
typing exams? Yes, I did Pitman's and I also did public service later on whilst I was in the workforce. Right. Um, so you had this big desire to join the Air Force, mm, which is all about flying. Mm, but the thing you as a woman needed or a girl needed was shorthand <laughs> and typing. Yes, and not much flying for a few years. No. <laughs> Um, So what age were you when you went into the Air Force? You couldn't go in before you were 18, and I was so excited because they let me join the week before I was 18. Attending secondary in the mid-1960s, Jill achieved her school certificate, but was unable to take typing and shorthand the next year for university entrance, as those subjects were not offered at that level. Later in her career, Jill retrained and was able to obtain further professional qualifications. And whilst working as a medical typist, she undertook a very difficult medical terminology exam. So you went into the commercial, into the in the fourth form? Yeah. And you were doing the same subjects but at a higher level? Yeah, yes. Um, and we did geography and biology as well. And... Sat school suit, got school suit, and the next year it wasn't a subject for university entrance, so I just stayed the extra year and carried so you on with the short out. 16, 17. 17. I was 17 when I left school. So you mentioned that you had your public sector exams. Mm. When you sat your school certificate and in that extra year when you couldn't do UE, mm. can you tell me what exams you did during that time? I did public service exams, I did Pitman's exams. I did TCB in 1985 because when I sat them, the first, like, 67, um, they were called public service, junior, intermediate, senior. Right. And then when I sat, I reset the senior one in 1985 and sat the advanced, and that's when I came top in New Zealand for short term. Which is pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Really big deal. Mm, it was. Yeah, I retrained after I had my children to go. Okay, so that that, yeah. that, that makes that clear. So you mm. had this set and then mm. you had a new set. Mm. And I did Chamber of Commerce, handwriting, English commerce, bookkeeping. Yeah, so we did Pitman's exams and we did the public service exams. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. So while they think of it as being just a typist, Mm. there's actually a whole lot of training and skill and achievement just to get there. Yeah, because with shorthand typing, it's not just typing, it's English and maths. I wish I'd brought those papers with me, the exam papers, because it shows you um, the maths aspect and the confused manuscripts. And when you retrained, you got, you mentioned that you then were getting TCB rather than... Yes, it wasn't the public public service exams, it was TCB. So I wanted to reset the senior public service exam to see if I could still do it. And I thought, well, I'll have a go at the advanced one as well. And the tutors said, well, you're a bit silly doing both. But I'm quite a stubborn person. So I thought, I'll show you. So I did both and I passed both. Yeah, I did a medical, a years-long medical terminology and then sat the exam. 
and I got 399 out of 400. And I'm so annoyed with that one question I got wrong. When you're that close, you would be, but that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, and when I was with the Ministry of Education, I did a diploma in editing and proofreading. Born into a farming family near Gisborne, Cherie preferred to take the more practical commercial course at high school. I um, was born into a farming family, and we live 15 minutes from Gisborne, and it was... Mostly dairy farm with croppings and sheep. I went to Patatahi School. It's a rural, little rural country school. I went to Elminster Intermediate. From there I went to Lytton High School. I took a commercial course. My brother before me did a professional course um, and he learnt French and there was no way I wanted to do that. <laughs> I wanted to do something a bit more practical and in hindsight, taking commercial course, typing, etc., it's set me up for my future career. Did you have any other influence on the courses that you chose, or was it all entirely your choice? I don't remember, actually. Yeah. Sometimes um, mums and dads have a d- yeah. desire for you to do something. They seem to be fine with me doing that. I had two years in the fifth form and one in the sixth and came out with School C and Pitman's typing exam. With your exams, with the subjects you did, you did typing. What else all the way through? Uh, what they call commercial practice. Yes. It's invoicing, making rules, things like that. English, geography, biology. And, of course, we did cooking and sewing as well in those days at high school. Yeah. Uh, athletics. So can I just check, when you did your typing exams, what sort of speeds were you typing at? Oh my gosh. Um, Roughly. I know in the fourth form, I was doing 33 words per minute, but it increased from there, of course, but I have no idea, sorry, what I was doing when I left. I know when I went to an interview, the interview for the job, the manager, he just wanted to know whether I had school C and when could I start. Right. And that was it. Yeah. Because Sally missed a lot of schooling in her childhood due to her asthma, by the time she got to college, she thought it would be better to take the general or domestic classes. However, she was encouraged by her mother and teachers to do the commercial course instead. Hitting her stride during her polytech course, Sally achieved good results coming top of the class. In the, did you feel any, any pressure put on you? It sounds to me like you actually were free to make your own decisions as to what you did when you went to secondary school, but you got some guidance. Mm. Um, free to a point, but in those days we only had, I think it was three options. We had um, languages or commercial or general. Yeah. So th- those were the three options, and it, as um, I, as I said, I had missed a lot of schooling in, in yeah. my younger years, and so po- possibly should have been held back a year, but I wasn't. So um, I knew that the languages were out for me. So um, it was either the general or the commercial, and so. Um, and so, what did general tend to include? Was it cooking and? Yeah, very. Um, 
Yeah, it probably was. Home, just home, home, yeah. home. Yeah, it would have been what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, my older brother and sister had done really well at school, and so yeah, I was a bit the dumb bunny, really. <laughs> and um, so um, that's why I just thought, oh well, I'll just go for the general because that's what, probably what people expect of me. But um, yeah, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, my mother and and teacher, because I was at a private school then. They encouraged me to do the commercial. And that's really good because that, mm. that for you was a positive encouragement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I hadn't even done that well at high school. I did pass my school seat just. Um, but going to Polytech where I was um, honing those skills, I ended up coming from, from, it was quite a big group actually in the class, but I ended up coming first in typing and third in shorthand. For me, standing up and getting those awards was just amazing. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Do you feel that had an impact on your confidence? Definitely. So how did you get the job at Māori Affairs? Um, well, it's probably a bit, bit naughty, but my dad helped. <laughs> you would be amazed how much I heard that. My mum got me the job, that first job. My dad had, had, been, a, well, had been a probation officer and working in the courts, which was over the road from the Māori Affairs Department. And first of all, he said, why don't you come and work in the courts? So I had an experience to um, go and sit in, and, and I thought, oh, no, this isn't for me, too much pressure. I couldn't yeah. handle that. But um, my dad had known people in the Māori Affairs Department and must have been talking to them about me. And when a vacancy came up, I still had to apply and um, go through the interview process. But, yeah, I think... Perhaps, maybe, maybe not, but I think perhaps he had a bit of an influence. Opened the door. Yeah. What qualifications did you have? Uh, I ended up coming out with Pittman's so A and B, which I think was typing, and also my first and second shorthand exams. Deborah had an unusual pathway to the typing pool. After missing out on the entrance test for the army, and a detour through a vocational course, she eventually ended up in the Inland Revenue Department in 1987. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, and we lived there until I was three, and then we um, moved to New Zealand. My dad's a New Zealander, my mum's um, an Aussie, she was born in Brisbane. My dad worked in the post office, office. so we had a very nomadic life, 12 primary schools. One, 12 primary schools? About 12 primary schools. Really? Around New Zealand? Around New Zealand. Yeah. I lived at one point up in the Hokianga and I was the only white, white one there. Really? With wongkils and ringlets. And um, yeah, it was a lovely school. Immersion in both English and Māori, so I learned about going on to the Marais and the Māori culture and things like that. Yes. And yeah, we moved to Clevedon. Then we moved to Hamilton at one point due for um, education. That's where I went into intermediate school. And I went to Hillcrest High in Hamilton and stayed there until sixth, end of sixth form. That's a school. Yes, yes, it's a school. Dad was, Dad's been married three times. Mm-hmm. And his second wife, she told me I was going to be a typist and I was going to be a chef. And this is the, these are what I was taking at school. I was taking home economics and typing and that's, I had no, no choice in it. That's really interesting. What, what would you have done if you had an open choice? To me, looking at what I've done in my lifetime... I would have probably done something with education because I have an affinity for children. I love children. I used to babysit nine different families until I got married. 
But anyway, the darling stepmother, the day I finished high school in sixth form, she had my name down at the New Zealand Army office. Really? What a dominating person. She was. And I failed the test. So then she spoke to her friend at social welfare or whatever it was called way back then, and she put me into a course called LSV's Limited Volunteer Service with the New Zealand Army. Mm. It's for kids with no job skills, but I had UE accounting. I was going to say, what did you do at school? What qualifications? I, I got my UE, I got, U, I got school cert. School cert. I got, got English and maths. Ask maths, English, typing, home economics, and, and social, I think it was. I tried UE accounting and, and just missed out. Anyway, I went on this course for kids with no job skills. It's a proper army immersion. And because I could cook, I could sew, and I could type, I could either go into um, the, the squadrons that looked after the clothing or the cooks or the um, clerical side. And I ended up being in with six comp, which is cooks and drivers. And I was an office clerk in there. And I just loved it. Really? Yep. I think I was the only female without a kid. I know I was the only one without a police record. <laughs> I loved my time and if I could have gone back as a civilian I would have loved it and my nickname was left right because I'd take an extra left right to catch up to everybody as I say with the army thing yes you had my name down again I passed the test but I failed the physical and I thought well no I need to be what I want to be and you know with dad being in the, being the postmaster I went to the post office for a little bit I always thought we'd somehow get in the post office they were having redundancies and downsizing at the post office and so then I went to the um, computer company and it was only there for about six months and then I got a job at IRD in 1987 and was there for 20 years. Eleanor wanted to be a concert pianist and so, against strong advice, took the commercial course at college. A lifelong learner, Eleanor went on to become a shorthand typing teacher in later years and eventually did attend university. I was a bright child and I won several essay competitions and things locally, and like writing, like reading. And then I went on to win a big, um, uh, it's an examination they used to have for a scholarship that you, you got free Catholic education at one of any of the big oh. Catholic schools. And when I was told that I could be a nurse or a teacher at 12 years old, I didn't want to be a nurse or a teacher. I was going to be a concert pianist, and that had nothing to do with my future. So I said, well, I don't want to be a teacher or a nurse. And I put my feet down and said, no, I would not take up the scholarship. I then had nearly every um, inspector in the primary schools or secondary schools or somewhere, they all kept marching up to the school and trying to convince me to go on to a professional education. But I stuck to my guns, and I did shorthand and typing. Yeah. <laughs> and why did you decide to do shorthand typing? Because it was offered at St. Michael's School. Okay. And if I went to, I, I decided that Sacre Coeur was far too expensive for my parents, even though I won the scholarship. They still would have had to pay for other things at the school. And I knew enough of the Sacre Coeur girls to know that my parents' income would not keep up with the likes of Hugh Wright's daughters. Okay. And uh, um, so I decided that was out of the question. And I didn't want to go to St. Mary's because my mother said it would take so much time travelling, I would have to give up my piano. Which you weren't going to do. I was not going to give up a piano. How no. early did you start learning to play the piano? Nine. You were nine? Yes. Okay. yes and yes. you had a piano at home, presumably? Yes. yes. We didn't originally. I oh. learned at the convent, and oh. I practised at the convent. Don't you think that in those days, particularly the convents, were fantastic with music? Oh, they were, they were, well, from an education point of view altogether. They were very wide. 
Um, women, I've met a lot of nuns later in life who were very, very widely educated women, really, who, who broke a lot of fresh ground. And I never saw any of the smacking across the knuckles and things that happened that everybody says they had, but um, I did receive a good education in a limited way. You know, we didn't do science. And I won first in Auckland in the um, arithmetic competition for the Chamber of Commerce or something when I was in uh, year, what is now year nine in the third form. But um, after that, they didn't teach much, teach much maths at all. Mm. But by that time, I was absolutely in love with shorthand. And, and they did have shorthand teacher. They did. And a typing teacher. But just the same person. Same person. Taught everything. Yes. And why did you love shorthand so much? I think it just appealed to me that it was a challenge. It was, and um, it was not language. easy. Yes, it wasn't easy to learn. Mm. And I very quickly was very good at it. Um, and eventually was probably the fastest girl in the little group that went through with me. Um, and I went on eventually to do my 130 words a minute. But um, And could do 200. I could do verbatim. And did your yes. parents agree with your decision not to take up the scholarship? Not really, but I think I was fairly stroppy. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> um, and I think they were used to, my mother said she had to sit on me all my life. So um, I think she just thought this was another case of we can't keep her down. <laughs> So you did that for how many years at school? Three. You did that for three years Three years, yes. A lot of girls left day. school after two years in my, in my era. Uh, only 2%, I think, of girls went to university at that time. Um, and no, we didn't do school certificate. No. Again, I dug my toes in. What was the sense of it? I was yes. much faster than the school certificate. I was doing 130 by then. So why do the 80 for school certificate? <laughs> and also I was up to um, grades 8 in music, so... I really didn't have any time for school certificate. No. Yes. And you really wanted to play the piano professionally? I did at that time, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be a concert pianist. And why couldn't you? Why didn't you? I met my husband. Oh, well, that's a perfectly yes. good reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I eventually went to university at 55. And, um, and I did some, before that, I did um, economics, accounting and law at Polytech and sort of brought my qualifications up to what was needed for shorthand typing teachers, and then I went and worked in the Polytech, and I taught economics, and mostly I taught accounting. Um, so I sort of moved away from the typing mm. in mm. part, um, and then eventually they changed the type of shorthand, and then they dropped shorthand altogether. After facing bias and discrimination in her early school years for being Catholic, Sadie recounts how religion influenced her choice of secondary school in the mid-1960s. While I was at Manamana College, my mother, who had continued to teach school, developed um, ovarian cancer. And it was a pretty grueling time. My sister had, at this stage, left um, home as well and was working in Morrisville. So it was only just my brother, who was farming, and myself at home. I, therefore, um, left school and was helping him with the farm, with all the sort of like housekeeping things you have to do and while my mum was in hospital and recuperating. So it was then that she she and my brother decided, you know, to sell out the farm really. And thank goodness we moved to Hamilton. Yeah. And so when we went to Hamilton I was asked what school I would prefer to go to. And um I chose Sacred Heart because it was an all girls school. And also because it was a Catholic school of which I loved 
St. Joseph's in Tiara as my primary school and I did not enjoy meeting at a college, whereas in the mornings when they had assembly, all the Catholics had to go out of the assembly hall and go and sit in some room while it was over, while it was being carried on, which is so ridiculous. But you were ostracised, you really were ostracised because, you know, I was a Catholic. Mm. Wow. Yeah, very much. There was um, had, uh, somebody on a neighbouring farm who caught the bus and it was you would consider it bullying these days. And I was really, she really got her friends and they ostracised me because we were Catholics. We were mm. the only Catholics in the district. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was very pleased to go to Hamilton. Yes. And go to Sacred Heart. And, um, and what subjects did you do? Yeah, well, <laughs> unfortunately, at Manamata College, I did excel in chemistry and I loved it in algebra. But when we went to Sacred Heart, there went the calibre of teachers to teach you that. And so I. Um, did, a, did an academic course, but um, that was French and biology and geography and history, all that. But I really didn't enjoy it. And um, so in the college there, I really didn't uh, focus on uh, academic things. And to my, to my mother's chagrin, really, um, because my two brothers had, my elder brother was Ducks and went him at a college and my other brother excelled and my, and both of them had gone to university and my mother thought that I should go too but I, that was just far, far removed from what I ever wanted to do because I could not imagine myself studying, 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 poring over books and so I said, no, I didn't want to do anything like that. And she said, well, you have to do something. And my sister had been this the same, and and so my mother had sent her to the Brains Commercial College, and so she said, well, you've got to do something, so I'll send you there. At least you've got that as a base. So I went there, and I learnt shorthand as and well. And what age was that? I was uh, 16. 16 when you went to the college, yeah. and that was, a, you'd finished your academic learning, and this was the beginning, in effect, of your working life. Yeah, that's right. So you spent a year, a year there, and you came up with the junior exams, shorthand and typing, you know, um, public, you know, was it public service? No, it was another one, Chamber of Commerce, yes. And so that sort of stood you in good stead, plus the fact that you had been to a commercial college stood you in good stead to, for a job. So I landed in a job, insurance brokers, which I absolutely loathed, and I wasn't there for very long. Only a few months, really. I think I started in January, ended in May, and uh, a week later I was working for the post office in Hamilton. And that was the start of my uh, public service career, really. So when you left school, what had you achieved? Had you achieved school certificate? No, I didn't, actually. Um, I didn't. Once again, I went to night school and got it here. Okay. I went and got my school seat through night school. And what subjects? Did I took English, you... shorthand typing, geography, um, yeah, history, I think it was. Yeah. It's pretty common in the 60s for people to be going to night school. Yeah, men and women. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I did a lot of night school training. Jan grew up in Tirao before attending boarding school in Auckland, and although she did not take any commercial classes during her secondary schooling, 
she did attend Seddon Memorial Technical Institute afterwards, where she gained qualifications in typing and shorthand. When it came to choices of topics, did you have free choice? Choices? Well, look, I, as far as I know, I did. Yep. We didn't, um, I mean, there were academic subjects and I was the middle in the middle, whereas at TRA school, I was usually in the first, the top three. Um, at Dio, I was the middle of the middle. Yes. And um, our subjects were streamed according to, well, there were three, there was Latin, modern and general. And um, um, we didn't take, in the modern form, we didn't take Latin and we didn't take, yes, we did, we took formulas, which I dropped. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was the only difference is that we didn't do Latin. Yeah. Right. So you didn't do any commercial subjects? No. 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 Throughout that time, how did you do at school? You've, you've said you moved from being in the top few to being in the middle. How did you do in that bigger environment? Um, I could hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was a boarder, of course, and there were day girls as well. And, yep. and there were like two separate cohorts, you could say, but we were well mixed and, and, and we had some very good teachers. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was when I went and worked at Waikato University that, that I realised what a good education I'd actually had. So you would have set school certificate? I set school C, I got it, and um, went on into the first year sixth. Um, didn't, they did have accrediting at that time. I didn't get accredited. I hadn't done well enough in, in exams, and I was pretty sure that I hadn't. Yes. So then what did you do? You'd finish school. Oh, it, it, it came upon me, and I had no idea it was coming. I, it was an yeah. absolute, oh, oh, what next after leaving school? Well, mum had always wanted me. She hadn't had, she'd only had about two years of schooling, yeah. and, and um, she wanted me to be able to work if necessary and to have some training, and... Um, now I look back and think I should have done librarian work, but however I didn't, I, did, I went to Seddon Memorial Technical Institute in Auckland and did the secretarial training, which was very wide-based and very good. And um, after about the first six months, I did very well, yes. So I learned so, shorthand yep. and my typing was good and, and I won't say it was that accurate, but it was still, you know, the, the speed was there and I got up to about 120, 130 in Pitmans. And, and, um, so what exams did you get? And was it a one-year course? It was a one-year course. Yep. And um, um, so there were the Pitmans, various speeds. There was the Chamber of Commerce, which mm -hmm. you probably would have been, um, yeah, um, and Chamber of Commerce also did bookkeeping. There were the bookkeeping exams, and, and we had a good teacher, and he decided, oh, we were going to have a full set of books, so did well. Sarah had started her secondary education in the mid-1980s, learning French. However, her mum changed her course selection to the commercial classes, and Sarah quite quickly excelled in shorthand typing. So I was born in um, Auckland, so I was born at Middlemore Hospital in Nogahu. And I went to Papatoya High School, which is um, in South Auckland. And we had a I had a teacher there, Mrs Van, Go Van Goeter, very um, strict but very kind, and I enjoyed her teaching. 
So I excelled in shorthand typing quite quickly. You either had languages, typing, or, yeah, it was languages or typing. Yeah. So it, why, that's why, why were you interested in doing French? Because my friends did it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was the way. yeah, so, and that's when mum went, nah, you're not going to do that. So she actually changed my, um, what do you call them, course selections? Yeah, yeah and that's what I did. What had she done herself? Um, she was a factory worker. Was she? Yeah, cleaner. So she, she wasn't happy. It would be better for you to be in typing. That's right, yep. Yeah. So I did that. So I got all my, what would you call like Pittman's yes. oh, papers. Yeah, got yes. all my certificates there. And then when I left school, I applied. My, it was actually my grandmother who said apply for a job through the State Services Commission. So um, my grandmother, her and I caught a, a bus into the city because we lived out at Manukau City, which is a bit of a distance. And we went to this interview. And what they did is they referred you to jobs that may suit. So I got a call from the Idaho District Courts and there was to be a typist. So I went to that interview and I, I didn't like that because it, the lady who was taking me through, she wouldn't touch handles. It was quite a dirty place. It was like... Well, people going to court, um, quite rugged. She wouldn't touch the doors and she said, oh, you know, you don't have to go through this much. But um, I, it didn't impress me. So they offered me the job and I turned it down. Which is pretty bold for a 16-year-old. Yeah, well, I was a bit scared too. My grandmother said turn it down. So she was quite influential. Her, My mum and her were quite influential in my job choices. And so then, I can't really remember, but then I got the DSW interview, um, and that was to work in the typing pool as a junior typist at the Monaco DSW office. Rachel's education and prospects were compromised by her poor health earlier in life. But despite not being able to complete teacher training at university, she went on to enjoy her secretarial career. I was born in in Epsom, and I lived in Epsom until years after I left school. First of all, I went to model country, a small school that was a model of a country school attached to the teacher's college. Then I went to normal intermediate, also in the grounds of the teacher's college. And then I went to St Cuthbert's for five years. Then I went to the Auckland Technical Institute, where I took a year's business course. And after that, I had a year and a half at Auckland University, which I left through ill health. So why did you decide that you were going to a business area? Because I'd had hepatitis very severely and my parents thought I might not be able to complete a university degree, which in fact I couldn't, and I was very glad to be trained to do something. I see. And they encouraged you to go to the, to the business college? Um, they did, really, they did. Mm. They didn't want somebody who couldn't earn a living on sure. their hands. So that's interesting because quite a lot of the people we've talked to, the need for women to earn a living is actually quite important in the 50s and 60s. Yes. Which is probably before the war was less so. The assumption was you'd just leave school and get married. Yes, I think it might have been in the 50s and 60s too. (laughs) It was quite strong. (laughs) And tell me about the business college and what you learned there. Um, Well, it was a comprehensive course. We did English, bookkeeping, what we call machines, but I think it was really adding machines, shorthand and typing. You did do shorthand? Oh, yes, yes. that was the major thing. Mm. Which, which sort of shorthand did you do? Pittman's Pittman or? shorthand. Yes. But now I, I discovered in later years they teach a kind of shorthand that doesn't reach the speeds we got to in shorthand. Yes, I understand. I don't yes. know why they did that. Mm. No. What, what qualifications did you get there? Well, I got the senior government exam. Mm-hmm. Was it hard? Well, not many of us got it, really. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of years, I realised that typing was going to be my career, so I went for the advanced shorthand typing exam, and I got that too. And why did you realise that typing was going to be your career? 
because I realised I wasn't going to go to the university and be a teacher. Was that a disappointment? Yes, it was, but I had to face the reality of the situation. And in the end, I enjoyed being a secretary, and particularly as time went on. Sally C was inspired by some of her teachers, whose encouragement helped her obtain school certificate. Later in life, Sally gained a graduate diploma whilst raising a family. I went to Te Puki High School in the Bay of Plenty. I spent four years at secondary school and basically I failed my first attempt at school certificate in those days. So I went and did a second year and I had you know, lots of problems really going through school. Anyway, um, I was really interested in biology. I liked the sciences um, and I loved reading. I was an avid reader all my life. And I had a really, really good um, English teacher. And I took typing as well. So those are the three subjects that really stuck out. And I love geography. So those were all of the um, subjects that I really liked. And basically, I was inspired by the teachers that taught it, taught the subjects. The first year in typing, um, we just typed and stared at the keys. And the second year, we got a new typing teacher her name was Rose, and she um, discovered that none of us could copy type. So she made one weekend made bibs for all our um, typewriters. And the following morning, Monday, we came and there was a big board. Just she'd made a keyboard, a mock keyboard, and we had to we had to blind type basically and learn to copy type. And there were lots of dropouts, <laughs> but I stuck with it and um, learned how to copy type. So she was very influential right through um, high school for me. Um, and, and also later on, um, we ended up playing netball together in a netball team and travelling, doing some travelling around together. And I still keep in touch with her. Um, my English teacher, I had a really, really cool English teacher, Mr O'Leary, and he had long hair and a beard and smoked a pipe and wore a headband, and we thought that was pretty cool. He just explained English, the subject, in such a way that inspired me to write lots and lots of essays of different kinds in my last year at school. So I left school in the December, and um, I didn't pass my typing but my typing teacher said to me you know you should have you should have passed your typing she said you know this is ridiculous I think I got 48 right so I rubbed that out and I put 54 on my um, results and I got 64 for English and I think I got probably 46 for um science and about 45 for geography you know and I thought I really tried really hard but you know like there was a lot going on in my life. So your diploma is the diploma of? In business studies. Right. Yeah it's an undergraduate diploma but yeah so I I got that and I majored in tourism. Right. Which was interesting because it's all generic but you can actually um, transfer it to patients in hospitals because you've got long stay, short stay, different reasons for 
um, <clears throat> you know, the visits, whether they're outpatients, inpatients, and the same applies to um, tourists. You can have people coming from overseas, long-term, people, um, domestic tourists, short-term stays, different reasons for travelling, family and friends, whether they're visiting family and friends or whether they're actually here on holiday themselves for other reasons. You know, it's all that sort of generic terminology that goes with. Yeah. So that was really, um, you would have gone into Wanganui Hospital then? Yep. Yeah, I decided I would um, apply for a job somewhere. And the diploma helped? Well, at least... Apparently, yeah, it did. Well, I was still studying um, when I... I got my first job, and interestingly, that the only help that I got in my last year with my last paper was they. I ended up working in HR, but they um, agreed to pay half my paper if I passed, and I did. But um, up until then, it was all self-funded, and I never once attended a course at Massey because I had a family, so I did all of my study and all of my coursework alone at home with a bit of help from Errol occasionally. Right. That was it. I did it all alone. Amazing, eh? Incredible. I wouldn't do it now like that. Well, you know. It's amazing how, <sighs> how we're able to do these things. I know. And raise a family. And raise a family. Amazing. And shift towns from Tauranga Start to... Start a new life. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that. Namahi nui and thanks to all our interviewees for sharing their stories. In episode 3, Life in the Typing Pool Part 1, we hear about the various ways that typists found their first job and what those early days were like. The Keystrokes Per Minute project was made possible by funding support from the Ministry of Culture and Heritage and the Public Services Commission. Listeners can find out more about the project by visiting website www.storycollective.nz. The soundtrack was kindly provided by permission from the Boston Typewriter Orchestra. Find their music and merchandise on bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.